Thanks for joining us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of ripoffs, coming up later in today's Clark Regis moment, you own a timeshare? Well, trying to get out of it is where so many people end up getting ripped off. I have new information for you on that. And coming up later yet, there's a big pitch that has gone on for years to senior citizens to do something called a reverse mortgage. There are ads for reverse mortgages that run very heavily on so many cable channels. I got a new warning for you about reverse mortgages. I want to talk about something right now that is a real money saver for you. The cell phone market is going through a serious midlife crisis. Consumers have decided in the United States that the phone you have is just fine as it is. And people are keeping their cell phones longer and longer and longer. And that's led to a huge decline in cell phone sales by Apple and Samsung. And the market has changed so much because even a relatively low-end cell phone now is fantastic in all the things they do. So finally, Samsung cried uncle and has come up with a new line of discounted cell phones that the technology writers aren't griping about. And one of them, they are, it's the A-series that was shown in February, and I talked about it briefly when it was shown in Europe in February and said that I was hoping these would come to the United States. They're priced at $180, $250, or $350, depending on how big a screen you want, how fancy a camera you want. There's a whole different price point when you think about Samsung trying to sell phones at $1,000, Apple trying to sell phones at $1,000. People have gone on buyer's strike. They're not doing it. And Apple and Samsung have been losing enormous market share uh, around the world to companies that are selling phones at lower prices. Apple's most recent market share is now down to 11% worldwide. In the United States, Apple is a giant. But worldwide, and Apple plays in a worldwide market, they're just seeing devastating market share losses, as is Samsung. So Apple is yet to answer with a much lower-priced big-screen phone, but now Samsung has. And the reviews of the most expensive of their new quote-unquote budget line, the A50, the reviews of the new version of it are fantastic. 6.4-inch screen, multiple cameras, um, allows you to take a variety of shots, wide-angle and all different kinds of things. In short... It seems very much like the new discount pixel line from Google, the 3A and 3XL, which are priced higher than the Samsung at $399 and $479. And Motorola has been cutting prices on their G7 series. There have been a number of sales lately on those, dropping them as low as $200 for the for 
various versions of the G7. The G7s work on all networks. And ASIS, which is a company that has no presence of meaning in the United States on cell phones, but is so big in laptops and things like that, ASIS has introduced a phone that worldwide is getting incredible reviews called the Zenfone 6 that is priced um, at a higher price level than all these, priced in the 400s for a very fancy phone. And it is something I want you to know. And if you are an iPhone user and you want to stay in the Apple orbit, stall a little bit before replacing what you have because with the significant drop in iPhone sales, I may be wrong on this, but I I expect Apple, very secretive private company, I expect them to come out with a discounted iPhone in order to try to recapture some market share. The phone will not be for the purpose of getting market share in the United States. But again, Apple is in a worldwide business and will have access to whatever they come out with if my guess is right on this. Greg is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Greg. Hi, how are you, Clark? Great, thank you, Greg. How can I be of service to you? Yeah, I'm looking to retire um, soon, and I can sell back my unused vacation time. It's a pretty large chunk of money, and I'm just trying to figure out where to put it so I don't get hit with taxes by taking it and putting it in my hands, but also wanting to have it available uh, to use. Um, it could be upwards of about $28,000. So you're, uh, let me see if I follow that. You're selling a vacation home? No, no, vacation time for my job. When I retire... Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't following. So what a deal. But I yeah. wish you'd taken your vacation over the years. <laughs> yeah, it probably would have been a better idea. You're right. Because uh, I don't know if you know how fierce I am about people taking every day of vacation they're allowed to. Uh, I've heard you a couple of times, but yeah, I didn't, you know. You didn't I, do it. Well, so now, now here you're going to have $28,000. What's the after tax going to be? Well, it's, if I take it in hand, it's about 25% hit. Okay. So you're still going to have, I mean, over $20,000. Right. But if, if I don't touch it, if I put it somewhere, like if I transfer it to some type of fund, then I don't get the taxable hit. But I was trying to figure out if there was something I could do that I would still have the money available. Well, there, there's anything. not a problem with you paying the tax. Okay. Because tax rates are unusually low. And with the massive federal budget deficits we're running, at some point, uh, you know, we don't have a culture in the United States that we're going to reduce the size of government spending. So at some point, we got to pay the bills, and that will lead to likely higher tax rates. So I wouldn't be opposed to you paying the tax and knowing that's your money to do with what you wish. Okay. And so that would be an alternative. As far as what you do with it, do you already have a rainy day fund? I do, and then we also I'm also in what's uh, it's a, um, a similar it's like a deferred compensation plan as well. So you're going to be rolling in money. 
Well, I don't know that, but because I still have young kids. But um, um, anyway. All right. So, so young kids, what's their future going to be like? Are you a family culture? These kids are going to college? Um, well, and I, I used to be, but not now. I mean, I if, if they want to go to a community college or technical school, I'm fine with that as well. I have uh, one uh, child that is looking to enroll in a technical plan. Okay. All right. So do you and your wife have, are uh, you married? Yes. I said you and your wife before before <laughs> qualifying that. So do you and your wife have Roth IRAs? Um, we don't, um, but um, I'm part of a pension plan, so I get a pension fund. All right. The reason I ask that, this would be a great opportunity for you to set up Roths during the year you're still working. Oh, okay. And how old are you and your wife? Uh, 56 and 53. Perfect. So Mine you can each take, you can take, um, you know, 14 of what the net 21 would be and throw it into 7,000 for a Roth for you, 7,000 for a Roth for her. And then that money turns into money that grows tax-free over the decades. If you had to get the money out for an emergency, you could, just not any earnings, but the money you've contributed is yours at any time. And then the other seven, um, well, I'd like you to do something crazy, all right? Okay. You never took any of your vacation time. You never did anything like that. You're so careful with money. I hear it in your voice. Go do something really crazy with some of that seven. Go take your wife or take your whole family on a vacation somewhere. Go somewhere you never thought you'd go in your life. Go celebrate the fact that you're bagging work. Okay. Well, I'll definitely, um, that definitely sounds like something to do. And if you, and if you can't, you're too practical to do that. You can't bring yourself to do it. The other seven, uh, you could for now just park it in a one year CD with an online bank. But I'd rather you take some of that money and just go do something crazy. Because you're not the kind of person to do that, I can tell. That is is correct. So I want you to let loose just a little bit because you've worked so diligently, you've saved so well. Do something that's just, to you, would feel frivolous. Leslie's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Leslie. So you have the pleasure of having your mortgage with Wells Fargo. I do. Have they <laughs> behaved themselves you with you? to hear that you talk about them. <laughs> well, they're a criminal enterprise impersonating a bank, but they, uh, they have quite a spotlight on them, don't they? They do. And so I, I wanted to know if you had any advice for me, like, you know, is there something I can do or am I kind of stuck? No, whoever's servicing your loan or whoever owns your loan and servicing it, I mean, you're, you're with them till you pay off that loan. But okay. the question I would ask you, we're in an unusual window right now to refinance mortgages. Is your rate at a point that it might be tempting for you to refi anyway? Well, that leads me to another question. My rate is 3.99, and my husband and I refinanced, I don't know, maybe two years ago, but we're in our 60s, and I said to my husband, we have a 30-year mortgage. Is that smart? Because are we going to live that long? (laughs) Well, you might live that long, but do you want to be paying on a mortgage that long? 
Right. Yeah. Are either of you a member of a? Would it be better to refinance than try to have maybe a fifteen-year mortgage? Or if you could afford the payments, a ten-year. Oh yeah. Okay. I didn't even think about that. Um, Only credit unions typically do ten-year mortgages. Are either of you a member of a credit union? We are not, but I've, that's one of the things I've heard you speak about a lot. So um, I've, I've actually encouraged my children because <laughs> I'm 61. So I don't know. I mean, I guess I could make that change now. Yeah, and I'm looking. The rates on the 15 years and the 10 years are so low now that, gosh, I mean, you get a rate somewhere in the twos with good credit scores on 10-year, maybe 15-year, uh, you'd be just a hair over three, maybe. Okay. Maybe under okay, three. So, okay. so that would be the answer, you know, not to fire Wells Fargo because they're Wells Fargo, but to look at doing a refi just because it's, it's a crazy long time for you to be in a mortgage. Okay, yeah, that's what I, we were thinking, too. And by the way, I have to thank you for all that you do. Um, you know, I really enjoy listening to your show, and um, I drive my family nuts with your tips. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that whenever anybody calls, you are so kind and then also very open to um, constructive criticism. So it's a pleasure to listen to your show. Well, you're nice to say that. And I feel that one of the things we're missing right now in the digital public square is kindness and politeness and respect for each other, even people we might disagree with. And we need to get back to that because it's part of us being the great United States we are. And when we distrust each other and despise each other, it's not good for our country. It's not good for our country's soul and not good for our strength because we need to be united. There are a lot of people out there that aren't our friends in the world, and we need to learn to be friends to each other, even if we don't necessarily agree with each other. Today's Clark Rageous Moment has a special warning for you if you're in a timeshare and you feel stuck. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous Moment. There are news reports literally from all over the country about people getting ripped off, scammed by what are known as timeshare exit companies. And these companies are all over any community where there's a lot of timeshares. You go to any vacation area of the country where a lot of people have timeshares, you'll see billboards and, uh, and people promoting how they'll help you get out of that timeshare. And timeshares, as I've long said, are a defective product. Because even if you love your timeshare, anything you buy that is hard to ever sell is not a valid product in a market. There should be a market both to buy and sell something. Timeshares, sadly, are good on the buying side. You can buy those very easily. They're bad on the selling side, almost impossible to get rid of, even paying somebody to take it. Well, enter these companies, these timeshare exit companies and the Better Business Bureau has put out a recent alert on this, that these companies are just con artists. They charge you huge fees up front and say they're going to get you out of your timeshare guaranteed. The only guarantee is you've paid them big money up front, often with no result, 
and you're still obligated to that timeshare. Know that it is extremely hard for you to ever be able to get rid of that timeshare, and you have to be prepared for the fact that you'll feel lucky in most cases if you are able to give it away, literally, where somebody takes over your obligation for that timeshare, no matter what you've paid in it, just to be rid of it, the best thing to do is go stay at your timeshare during the week you have. There are other people there who love timeshares. Offer yours for free to somebody who's there. Maybe you'll get rid of it that way. So glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. When you're looking for deals, check out ClarkDeals.com. Deal or no deal. All these endless ads on a lot of cable channels, particularly those geared towards people who might be a little older watching content, nostalgia channels, some of the news channels, pitching reverse mortgages. No deal. It's very, very, very rare that reverse mortgages are a good move. So often, and what a reverse mortgage is, just so I give you background, is the idea is that you may need money to live on every month, you're short of resources, you own your home completely free and clear or mostly, and so what happens is your home generates money for you, and in theory you get to live in it for years to come until you don't want to live in the house anymore, you're not alive anymore, and it's supposed to be this wonderful free lunch. Well, it's not because the fees are so gigantic setting up a reverse mortgage. But what was really distressing was reading a long-form investigative report compiled by USA Today. That's right, the same people usually write ultra-short stories, really dug into this and found that there were a lot of unsavory characters at work in the reverse mortgage industry that what they're really about is equity stripping. They get somebody into a reverse mortgage and then they turn around and use strategies to steal their home from them. And USA Today found that this happened to 100,000 people they were able to find pretty easily that were having their home stolen from them essentially through reverse mortgages. Know that this is an area that has a place in the market, but one where you have to be very cautious. And here are the things you should know. Any legitimate reverse mortgage lender is going to require that you go through financial counseling and credit counseling before you would be able to proceed with an application for a reverse mortgage. In addition, you want full disclosure of all the junk fees you have to pay to do a reverse mortgage, to be able to see if it does make sense. Third, you may be reluctant to reach out to your adult children for financial help, and that's why you want to do this, that you don't feel right asking your kids for financial help, that you're a little short every month. Well, your adult kids 
may not be aware because of how private you are about your money that you need help and may well be willing to help you some and not have to go into something like a reverse mortgage. Who it's appropriate for is where you have no heirs that, uh, you have no heirs or you have, you know, no family members that looking to inherit anything. It's not something you're really worried about, but what you're worried about is you don't have enough money each month. You're out of assets other than your home. And doing a reverse mortgage in that case as a last option can be what remains as the best option. But always think of it as a last option. And when you see those TV ads and those smiling older actors telling you how great this is, know that they're getting paid to pitch and you don't need to catch because the pitch they're throwing is definitely a foul ball almost always. That was a terrible baseball analogy. I should have had you do it, Joel, since you're such a huge baseball fan. How would you have said that? I don't know, but not like that. Not like that. (laughs) Oh, well, hopefully you got the point. You know, when I botch anything like that, hopefully it reinforces the thought in your head about how bad something is if I can't even explain it any better than that. Oh, well. Wayne is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Wayne. Hey, Clark. How are you today? Great, thank you. So you ended up getting one of those Italian tickets. Oh, I guess I'm not the only one. (laughs) Oh, I've gotten them. And I think anybody who ever operates a motor vehicle in Italy, it's pretty much impossible not to get a ticket from an Italian jurisdiction. So I'm how many tickets that. did you get? Well, I, I got two, actually, and both of them are very vague. It said driving in the wrong lane, and in Italy, there is no wrong lane. Everybody drives in the wrong lane or no lane at all. So and, with that, probably, uh, that was probably poorly translated um, English that you got. What usually that would mean is that in almost every Italian town, village, or city, there will be a huge network of streets that only locals are allowed to drive on. And the signs are in Italian, and there's really no way you, as a non-Italian speaker, would have any idea that you were on a street that non-locals were not allowed to drive on. That very likely was the case, because I went everywhere. Okay. (laughs) So how much money do they want from these tickets, and how recently did you get them? Well, it was in 2013, and and each one is $270, I think. It's a lot. They just contact you in the last week or something? No, it was uh, seven months after I returned, and that was the first uh, red flag. Uh, And then the second red flag is they had just a photograph of the license plate of the car that I rented. So, which may not have even been when that. you rented it, but whatever. So this is uh, this is something that I would not lose sleep over. Oh, good. Don't I worry. Won't get about arrested it. if I go back. No, you're not going to get arrested. Um, I have received those uh, weirdo tickets at various times over the years, and I've been to Italy t- twice in the last year in rental cars, and it hadn't been an issue. And um, fortunately, for some reason, these last two trips, I didn't get any of these tickets. 
But maybe they've seen the light. Are they just shaking oh, no. down tourists? No, no, maybe maybe I was just lucky that I didn't drive on any street I wasn't supposed to. But it's okay. it's really just a revenue game. The problems the Italians have is they have massive tax evasion and so they they try to get government revenues through various forms of fines and traffic fines are a big way they do it and then if you have done a lot of driving in italy you've experienced the joy of all the toll roads oh yes yes <laughs> well so they're just they're going after maybe wherever, wherever they can find it and tourists are a good a good target well anybody who drives on a street who's like is from another town and they drive on restricted streets in in the town then they're going to get a ticket too i don't know if they have to pay them but I don't know any Americans who pay them. Well, good. I'm glad to know that. I hadn't lost too much sleep over it, but I was hesitant. I wanted to go back. Well, go back. Go back and enjoy it. I will be there in the next six months. Wonderful. (laughs) And I should tell you that if you're willing to go to Italy or anywhere in Europe this winter, this fall and winter, as I've mentioned recently on the show, it looks like we're going to have extremely low fares to Europe this season coming up that was actually the plan the the week of christmas and new year was the plan so that'll work out well right so the key is to go um christmas day or later because fares stay high to europe extra high surcharges the 12th to 24th of december so right on christmas day well that works okay you get to open the gifts and then you got the gift of a trip to italy what a deal elsa's with us on the clark howard show hi elsa how are you? Great. Thank you, Elsa. So I understand congratulations are in order? Yes. So my 26-year-old daughter's getting married. And of course, like most young people, they don't have a dime to their name. Um, he has started, he's on staff here at a hospital in a surgical unit just starting out. And she, um, they're getting married in two weeks. And we just found out that she is pregnant because she is so sick. So she cannot work and is not planning on working anyway. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to help them realize that they can start saving money, even if they don't have any that they think they should be saving. If you can understand that. I do. And do either of them come into the marriage with outstanding student loan debt? Um, no. Well, we got to look at the bright side of that, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. No, my daughter went to college i paid for that and his family paid for his education so they are very fortunate there okay so at the hospital i assume he has access to a 401k or uh its cousin which i'm not that much a fan of a 403b um he does and he does not really know anything about it because he came from very um sort of a background where people didn't go to college. You know, a lot of his family is not, you know, didn't do higher education. So he's not really, you know, dad's an electrician. He doesn't really know um, what to do. And he keeps asking me and I'm like, you know, All I'm right. gonna go we're going to follow again. the, we're going to follow the keep it simple rule here. Okay. 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 They don't sound like they're at a stage of their lives where they need to go sit down with an expert. The no, most no, important exactly. thing is for them to just get started was saving money and the best training wheels are for him to participate in the retirement plan at work. 
Okay. And I often hear that 401ks, you know, the fees are so high. No, well, 401k Uh, fees, if how big a hospital system is it? He's an ascension, so um, it's a big hospital chain. All right. So they would likely have an affordable 401k plan, uh, but at least he should get participating in that because it gets him living on less than what he makes, which is where I want him to be. I want him building that habit. And do you know, does the hospital system offer any match to him? I'm sure they do, but I will ask that question. All right. So I want this to be where nothing roadblocks him. I want him to put money in whatever percent he has to to pick up all the match the hospital's offering, number one. Number two, because of his age, I want him to go in, if they offer a Roth 401k option, I want him to go in the Roth 401k option, not the regular. Okay. And if he starts doing whatever he has to to pick up the match from the hospital chain, then every six months, like clockwork, I want him to step it up one more percent because he won't miss one more percent of his pay going in. Sure. And then over time, he'll be saving a meaningful amount of money. And so if he can do that starting in his mid-20s, and then when your daughter is back to working, if she also does either the retirement plan at work or does her own Roth IRA, she'll be good. Oh, I forgot one thing. The investment choice he should go into in the plan is the Target Retirement Fund year 2060 or 65. Okay. What I'm doing is I'm writing a prescription. Right, okay. He's in medicine, he'll get that. So I'm writing him a financial prescription. Right. Where he immediately can get started on the path of living on less than what he makes. And it starts to generate a mentality. Right, okay. So she probably won't go back to work at all. Ever? I think she'll be a stay-at-home mom. All right, so if that's Um, the plan, then she will need to establish... And then it'll be money that he'll provide to her, what's known as a spousal Roth IRA. Okay. And really, that probably is a discussion for a year from now, because she's got a lot going on with the wedding, a baby, and all that. So uh, maybe if you can get her to call me in six months or a year's time, we'll talk it through and get her going on her own savings plan. Congratulations to you, by the way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cliff is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Cliff. How are you doing? 
Pretty good. I enjoy your program. I've been listening to you for a long time. Well, thank you. I'm glad you have. And I understand you have a follow-up for me on what we talked about with the Burger King that was selling people the Impossible Burger that wasn't the Impossible Burger and was regular meat. I I most certainly do. Um, It's not just the fact that somebody might be paying 3 or $4 more for a burger that they're actually not getting. I have a 16-year-old son who a little over a year ago was bitten by a tick that happened to be carrying what's called alpha gal. Um, my son now called is called alpha to all gal. A l p h a g a l alpha gal. So now if he eats any mammal meat, red four legged mammal, you know, a, a cow or a pig, deer, anything, bison, he can go in an anaphylactic shock if he does not have an epipen close by. So this could be quite severe. Somebody think they're paying for one thing but actually getting something else. And I am I am very well aware of the dangers that would lead somebody into anaphylactic shock. I have a daughter who has extreme peanut and nut allergy that even a trace exposure can kill her. And she always travels with an EpiPen for that reason. Does your son always have one? The difference is, and we did not even, we had not even heard of this. We were not even aware of it until... I've never heard of it until you mentioned it just now. Um, it's, and it's actually becoming more prevalent than you think, because now that he's had it, we mentioned, we talked about it to other people, and they say, oh, yes, my aunt has it, or this, that, and the other. So potentially for the rest of his life, he has this allergy. When we went in uh, after the emergency room visit, after the first time, the allergist, before they even did the blood thing, he says, I'm guessing he has alpha-gal, but we'll have to do the blood test to make certain. And sure enough, he did. So this is something that um, he may or may not have the rest of his life. They do have cases that it will, over time, diminish. We hope this is his case, because here we are, a 16-year-old boy that can't eat a hamburger or a hot dog or a barbecue sandwich or a steak. Um, so it's quite important when you're paying for something that you think's one thing, and if it's something else, that could be... You know, again, it's not just an inconvenience. It could be deadly. And what we've learned with our daughter, um, who was diagnosed with the extreme version of peanut and nut allergy when she was two, is that uh, in a restaurant situation, you can have, even with their best of intentions, you can have a cross-contamination. In your son's case, it could be a, a server who doesn't really understand and doesn't take seriously what you've told them. So we found that eating at home is by far the safest place for us to be. And when we, eat out, when we eat out, we're very careful. There's a little bit of difference there. The difference between with your daughter's allergy and my son's, he can go eat a complete hamburger right now or steak, and it will be two to four or five hours later that it hits him once it gets into his digestive system, unlike the peanut where it's almost instant. Well, gosh, I, I feel terrible for you, and I hope that your son is one of those who later in life outgrows this or that science will come up with an answer that will help him and the other similar sufferers. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.